Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 25, it says, Jesus called them together, his disciples, and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles ordered over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. You never had a boss lorded over you, have you? Just say that next time they do it. You're lording over me. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to become first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Father, we thank you that Jesus did follow through with that. His serving was not just something that was tacked onto his life. It was his life. And he came not to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life, and we are the beneficiaries of that. Lord, we ask that we would follow directly in his footsteps, Lord, and that we will be great servants that would serve others. And we ask you to teach us and continue to teach us what that looks like. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. All right, maybe sit. Look at your neighbor said, so you want to be first, huh? So you want to be first, huh? So you want to be first. You want to be first. You want to be first. Context is king. And what we find is in the chapter before, chapter 20 of Matthew, Jesus starts, uh, you see this theme kind of pick up where where he runs into a guy that the Bible calls a rich young ruler. And what happens is that Jesus bumps into him and the guy says, uh, good teacher. You know, he realizes there's some authority with Jesus and he says, hey, what must I do uh, to be perfect? What, what, what must I do? And Jesus says, follow these commandments. And the guy says, well, I've done all that since my youth. And Jesus says, then sell everything you have and give it to the poor. <laughs> You're kidding, right? He basically says to him, okay, you followed the rules, now can you serve? Because inherently, not cussing, drinking, or smoking is not serving anyone. Right? What'd you do today today for the Lord? Well, I didn't cuss. Great, you probably should have at one point in time or another, but you didn't. So, high fives all the way around. Great, you didn't do that. But just Jesus was teaching him following the rules doesn't mean you necessarily actually served anybody. This is a hang up. This is a problem in your life. So, hey, I'm glad you followed the rules, but now can you serve people? Can you take the focus off yourself for a second and serve others? Sell everything you have, give it to the poor. And the Bible says that the man went away sad because he had great wealth. So then Jesus goes into this thing and he says, listen, It's difficult for wealthy people, Americans, wealthy people, to enter into the kingdom. It's difficult. It's like the camel going through the eye of a needle. And they knew the context of what that meant. It wasn't actually trying to thread a camel through a needle. Everybody knows that's not possible. So what happens is Jesus makes it look very difficult. And it is. And we're going to talk about the reason why. And he says, listen, this guy had a lot of, a lot of things and it caused him to, it caused difficulty in his life when he, when it comes to serving others. 
And so he, he talks about the camel, the eye, the needle. And then Peter's response, Peter asks him this question. Watch this. We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? What then will there be for us? What then will there be for us? You see, Jesus just, Peter just watches him. They have this interaction. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor. I can't do that. This is, Jesus looks at them, this is difficult. Peter then says, we have done what you asked him to do. Now what's the reward? Jesus? We've sold, we, you asked him to sell everything he had and give it to the poor. We have done that. What's now in it for us? So Jesus answers him. He answers him. He says, Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you at the renewal of all things. Which is a long ways off, by the way, Peter. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you You who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mothers or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Woo! Man! A hundred times? But then he throws in verse 30. Then I'm like, why did you do that? But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. What? Okay, so let's go back. What must I do to be perfect? Sell every, obey these commandments. I've done that since my youth. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor. Learn how to serve. Learn how to not put yourself first. Learn how to live this lifestyle. I'm pretty sad right now because I... Cannot do that. All right, listen, guys. Here's the point of all this. It's difficult when you focused on yourself so long. You've built up all this wealth. You, you've got this, this earthly blessing in your life, and you've done all, you've got all this stuff to focus on. It's difficult to serve. It's difficult then to sacrifice. It's difficult then to let, let, let God be the Lord of your life. He said it's difficult when you have that mentality. Peter translates that, is, and he goes into it and says, Okay, Lord, we've done all that. Now what's in it for us? You know what I have trouble with? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I have trouble with consistency in serving. Consistency in serving. Watch, watch. Everybody know what a pendulum is? It swings back and forth, right? Now, I know you're better than me. I'm okay with that. But here's what my life looks like. Serving. And you know when you're in the groove and you're not even thinking about yourself anymore, you're like, man, I'm helping these people. God's giving me the means and the energy and the blessing and I'm helping these people and it's amazing. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and you're like, there's a new truck. These people need my help. And God put me on the earth to serve. And I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And then there's that. Wow. My pendulum never kind of rocks back and forth like this. It's just like. 
And I wrestle nonstop with this tension in my life about what my focus should be. Anybody else? I'm not ADD. I'm just normal. <laughs> I'm not, right? I can, I can focus. The trouble is, whatever I'm focusing on, everything else gets ignored. So my pendulum is rapid, man. It's like, serve. This is what God, kids, we're giving all our money away, and we're not gonna, and this is what God's called us to do. And then it's like, Disney vacation. <laughs> yeah, we're spending all our money on vacation now. Why is it, why is it so hard? Think about it. Why is it so hard? You know why I think it's so hard? Because we have more options than anybody on the planet. I say it in Africa, there's not as many options. It's not. Jesus said, it's difficult, man. Hey, Peter, James, John, all the disciples, listen, it's difficult. When you've got that many options, it's difficult. Now, just in case you think I'm like, pastor doesn't want me to get a truck. That's not what I said. I know you need one. I need one. I do. It's not funny. I got to pull a lawnmower. I got to haul stuff. You know, diesel. But I'm back and forth like this. Back and forth. God, I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. I want to. What's in it for me? I'll give you everything. What's in it for me? I'll give you everything. Now, now watch. Just in case you think that's. Well, you just. Chris, where's the pattern? You just told one story. Yeah. But then right after that, Matthew 20. He goes into this. He goes and starts talking about a vineyard owner. And if you're not careful, you look at these as separate conversations. You look at these as separate, like they're not tied together. Oh, we're just going to talk about the parable of the vineyard owner now. Well, there's a vineyard owner that comes in, and he comes into the middle of town, and he hires people first thing in the morning. And he says, I'll pay you a day's wage, a denarius, for a day's wage. Would you agree to do that? They say, yeah, we'll walk all day for that. Great. Come follow me. I'm going to put you to work. Well, then it says he goes back at 9 12, 3, and 5. Hires people every one of those times he goes back. Now, the difference is he doesn't make a contract with them about how much he will pay them. He said, I'll be fair to you. I'll do the right thing by you. Will you come and work for me? And they're like, dude, I've been staying here all day. I ain't got nothing else to do. It's 5 o'clock. I'm going to get an hour in. We'll be good. Stop by and get myself a Pepsi on the way home. I'm going to treat myself. But then what happens is when the end of the day comes, he tells his foreman, pay the last ones first and pay them the same amount as I agreed to the beginning, guys. Mm. And you know everybody just sit back and was like, oh, he's so generous. Oh my goodness, look at him, look at him, serving everybody. It's so exciting. They must have had a union up in that place. And they were like, what? are you doing? He worked an hour and he's getting paid the same amount that I'm getting paid. I've been here since daybreak. And the vineyard owner goes, I'm a little bit confused here, buddy, because you agreed to work for that. And I own this place. So if I want to walk up to the guy, stand on the street that has done nothing and give him what I gave, that's my business. It was a free market society back then. And, 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 and he says, what, it, it, I, I'm the owner, right? I can decide these things for myself. 
But, but doesn't it just get under your skin the injustice of it all? Lord, I've been serving you for 30 years. And this chump walks in the church, gets saved, and you deliver him from an addiction immediately, and I've struggled. <laughs> Don't you hate that? You're like, well, he's going to trip up and fall in a couple of weeks. I bet it. It just seems unfair, doesn't it? But just in case you think they're not tied together, Jesus says, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the what? Last ones. Verse 16, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Wait a second, he just said that, he just said that about the rich young ruler, right? He just said, he just said, wait, but many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. I see a pattern starting. So, so Peter says, hey, listen, you just told that guy to sell everything you had, give it to the poor, and he refused to do it. We have done it. What's in it for us? Then you get to the, then you get to the parable of vineyard, and they're saying the same thing. We worked all day, and we don't feel like we got as much as they did who only worked an hour. What's in it for us? And then Jesus says, hey, wait, the first will be last, last will be first. And I don't know about you, but I, stop that. Stop saying it. it makes no sense. Why do you keep saying the first will be last, last will be first? It doesn't make any sense. What, what does that have to do with me working longer than him? Also, we're not done yet. So then you move down through chapter 20 a little farther, and you hear Jesus say to the disciples, hey, listen, I'm going to be going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer at the hands of the chief priests, teachers of the law. I'm going to die. It's not going to be good. Oh, okay. Hey, do you think you could promote my kids? <laughs> Wait a second. What was that? He talks about how he's going to suffer and die. And then right under that, James and John's mother comes to him and asks for a promotion for the, her kids. By the way, I told the first service, you heard me say this before. If you're over 18 years old, don't let your mother go and ask for a promotion for you. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Don't come home and go, Mom, man, at work, I'm not sure. Well, son, I'll go and take care of it. No, you won't. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. So she goes to Jesus and said, Hey, when you come into your kingdom, remember, you can't take it out of context. Jesus had just been talking to them about the sacrifice he was getting ready to make, how he was going to suffer and die. And then she comes to him and says, Hey, when you come into your kingdom, what do you think about putting one of my sons on your right and on your left? I can see the picture right now. It's so beautiful. And you sitting in the middle. My, my beautiful son's on either side of it. What do you think about a promotion for? What do you think about it? They've been serving you. They've been, they've been walking with you. What do you think? It just seems right. What do you think about it? And Jesus says, I don't think you know what you're asking for. Now watch. Bumps into the rich young ruler. Sell everything you have. Let me teach you how to serve. And he says, I can't do that. And Peter says, hey, we have given all that stuff up. What's in it for us? Then we move to the parable of the vineyard. Why is this not fair? What's in it for us? Why, what, what, shouldn't I get more? Because I did more. And then we move all the way down in, in chapter 20 to, to 
What's in it for us again? Can we get a promotion now, Lord? Can we get a promotion now, Lord? And the ironic thing is all through all of these conversations and scenarios, Jesus is saying, it's about serving. It's about serving. It's about serving. Hey, don't forget it's about serving. I'm gonna, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for me. Don't forget it's not about, it's not about what you get. It's about serving. It's not about, it's not about that. It's about serving. Don't forget it's about sacrifice serving. Don't forget. And the whole time they're going, hey, think we get a promotion? What's in it for me? 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 And now you start to get the context of how Jesus, what Jesus had to teach them through. Because the pendulum would go, oh yeah, man, it's about serving. Hey, can we be on your right and your left? Hey, it's, hey Peter, listen, listen, all these wor- worldly trappings are going to make it difficult for people. Remember, it's about, it's about serving. The first will be last, the last will be first. Peter goes, yeah, but what about us? Hey, don't forget. Don't forget. Like, like you could, you could serve and work a long, long time and somebody else could come along and get the same thing as you. Yeah, but that's not fair. And so the whole time, it's this thing going back and forth. Jesus is going, hey, it's about serving, it's about serving, it's about serving. And they're going, yeah, but me. Yeah, but me, yeah, but me. And I, I read that and I went, that's me. That's me, man. I wake up in the morning going, I'm going to serve you, Lord, about halfway through. I'm like, that's not fair. I'm going to serve you, Lord, with everything I have. And then I'm going, whoa, what about me? And here's what I found out. I, I realized that oftentimes in our lives, serving is a means to an end instead of being the end of the means. So watch the context of American service. We, we do things like volunteer days, right? We'll volunteer at church or a volunteer. Uh, some people do it because they're like work release. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I got to go down to the church and mow the grass for the next six months, or I go to jail. If that's the way we get our grass mowed, don't hate us. But um, I do know churches that do that, by the way. So we, we think serving in the context of getting somewhere else. Uh, my community service will look good on my resume. Mmm. Boy, didn't we just walk through that with our daughter going off to college? Oh, it's about, it's about uh, the college wants to know where you served. Not if you have a servant heart, but just did you walk through the act? If I could check the box. Well, yeah, I did day of caring. I did one day a year. Or my employer paid me eight hours to go serve somewhere. Ah. Or... And so what we do is we use it as a means to an end. If I serve here with the right people on the right day, then I'll get this guy's phone number and I'll be able to call him later and it will end up promoting me because now I have a relationship. It's not serving, it's networking. We're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for a promotion and we're doing it through the, through the fallacy that we're serving. And you see that in the disciples. You see them asking the questions. You say this is difficult for rich people, but we've given up everything. What is coming to us now? Well, you're going to suffer and die, just like me. <laughs> Give it up for everybody. Jesus is the first to be last, last to be first. If you want to be great, it's not about you. And so 
What Jesus was consistently trying to tell them is that serving is not a means to something else. Serving is the end of where you are, where you're going. Like a heart of service is what you're aiming for, not using it to get to somewhere else. It's not just something you check off on a box like, I serve this week, I'm good. I serve this week, I'm good. No, Jesus said, I came to serve. That was the end goal. That was who I am. That was my purpose. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for me. So here's what I find is that oftentimes we serve in the, with the idea that if we serve long enough, somebody else will then serve us. Come on. I'm not the only one thinks like that is, am I? That's why you don't like to owe anybody anything. Because you're afraid they'll call it in. So that's why you don't like to accept service on your end. I didn't even get into this with the first service. But you're getting it all. (laughs) You you know what I figured out? I don't like people doing things for me because then I feel like I owe them. You can't just come and serve me because now I'm going to have to reciprocate it. So what we do is we always think serving is going to carry us to some place when it is actually the end goal to have a heart that continually serves. And Jesus kept telling him, look, it's not, what are you talking about a reward for serving? Serving is the reward. Jesus never said, he wasn't saying, listen guys, I'm going to die on the cross and then boom, look at me. No, he's saying, listen, serving others is what you do because you're with me. It's who we are. Whether the reward comes or not, it's who we are. Oh, wait, wait. The context, the context of the vineyard, serving is is if we serve for 30 years and somebody comes along and gets the same thing that we serve for. Can I be okay with that? Because it's not about what I'm getting out of serving. It's, It's just who I am. And whether I get anything or not, it will still be who I am. Why do you serve? Because... Because Jesus served, I don't need any other reason. Well, what are you going to get out of it? Nothing. Nothing. I'm trying to be Christ-like. What did Jesus get out of serving? Death. Everybody's like, sign me up for that, you know, United Way day. What do you get for this? Death. Sacrifice. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Serving is not... A means to an end. Serving is the end of the means. I love it how Eugene Peterson writes in the Message Bible, Philippians chapter 2. Paul wrote this and Eugene Peterson paraphrased it, starting in verse 1. If you have gotten anything at all out of following Christ. You see, Paul is presuming that you already received peace. Oh, <laughs> Didn't we just get the order all backwards? Peter is asking Jesus, what do we get out of this? And Jesus is telling him, you've got me already. Paul later follows it up. He says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, which is a silly statement because you know the God, the God of peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the God of peace will guard your heart. Like he is with you already. You've received more than you've ever deserved already. And then out of an act of love 
and commitment for what we have already received. Now we're going to serve. Not the opposite way around. Not I'm going to serve and now God's going to give me something. He already saved us. Paul says, if you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, come and look at your neighbor and say, you think it made a difference in me? If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if, I love how he puts this, if you have a heart, if you have a pulse and can realize that the God of all creation has reached down and delivered you from where you were headed, if, if you have an inkling of what he's kept you from and what he's brought you to, Paul's saying, if you have any idea of what he has already done, do me a favor. Agree with each other, love on each other, be deep-spirited friends, put the next one up. And then he says, put the next one up. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. What's that sound like? Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. He says, look, you got it all, you got it all backwards, Peter. You're asking, what am I going to get out of this? And This should come out of what you've already gotten. (laughs) You see, I'm swinging back and forth. I'm like, well, if I do this, I get this. If I do this, I get this. No, I do this because I already got that. I do this, I get this. I do this, I get this. Come on, you've heard the prosperity preachers. Well, if you do this, God will pour it out. If you do this, God will give you whatever you ask for. If you do this, no, 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 no. Paul, Jesus, all the important people are saying, you do this because you already got it. That it's not about, well, he hasn't blessed me. He's given you eternal life. And the issue is, in the context of what we want, often that's not at the top of the list. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm all into the eternal life thing. But I need a new set of tires on my truck. Wait, 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 wait. He will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm serving him not because I want something over here. I'm serving something because I got something right now. I've already got it. I've already inherited it. He's already blessed me. He's already kept me. He's already delivered me. He's already done enough. For me to serve my whole life. So watch this. Serving always includes sacrifice, doesn't it? Watch what happens. He says, anyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or fields for my sake. Now we focus on Peter says, hey, what's in it for me, Lord? What's in it for me? And Jesus goes into, listen, there's a reward. There is a reward. There is a reward, Peter. Don't worry about that. First will be last, last will be first. But here's what you overlook. We overlook what, what it takes to get the reward. He says a hundred times you'll be replaced. When it's all said and done, when we total up the whole tally, you'll receive a hundredfold for what you've done. But the prerequisite is anyone who has left... Houses, brothers, sisters, which sometimes could be easy. Father, mother, wife, husband, sometimes could be easy. 
or children or fields for my sake. How does that happen? This is my focus. I'm serving, 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 serving. What do I got to give up? What do I got to give up to serve? What do I got to give up to serve? He tells, he tells James and John and their mother when they ask, hey, can we be on the left and the right? Can you promote us? What, is, what are we going to get for this? You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Can you make the sacrifice that I'm going to make? And they said, well, we can. They didn't even know what it was. Oh, yeah, we could do that, man. We just want the promotion. We're serving for the promotion. He said, yeah, you're going to drink it all right. You will. The impact of serving is always determined by the level of sacrifice. It's always determined by the level of sacrifice. If it didn't cost me something to what I, for what I did for you, then it doesn't mean anything to you either. Like, the mil- like a millionaire comes walking in and hands everybody a $25 gift card to Target. You're like, ah, it's the least he could do. No, 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 it was the least he could do, right? And, and sometimes you look, but what did it cost us? Jesus said, I came not to, not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Do you know why? Do you know why his service was so important? Because it cost him everything. Everything. And sometimes in my life, I can't get my brain wrapped around how I could give this up to do this and end up better off. Do you struggle with that? Just me? I, I constantly roll over my head like, man, I, be so nice. But then there's this. But this is. If I do this, will I be better off? Will I be better off? Will I be better off? And here's the only thing I can tell you. Experience proves it out. Because I can't walk up to you and go. Oh, yeah, man. Like I'll math it out on a piece of paper for you. I'll show you exactly what it looks like. I can't do that. All I can tell you is that it works. And, and Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many. And then he called the disciples to lay down their lives. And he called us to lay down our, our, our desires. And he called us to, to sacrifice just like he did. Why are we doing it? 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 We're doing it because the statistic in Berkeley County is that about 77,000 people just in our county alone don't ever go to church, don't ever hear what God has done for them. That's why we do it. What do you want to, you want a reward for that? The reward is somebody else inherits eternal life. The reward is one of our family members doesn't go to hell. The reward is that our kids grow up loving Christ. The reward, come on. Come on. Serving always includes sacrifice. John 15, 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down his life for a friend. He said there's no love greater than when you give up something. When you give up everything you have for someone else. There's no love greater than that. 
The ex, you, you've never experienced anything like it. There, there's, there's no limit. That, 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 that's it. That's it. So serving is not a means to an end. It is the end. Serving always includes sacrifice. And the last one, which is the band's going to come up. Serving requires contentment. Serving requires contentment. Did you hear that? It requires contentment. Oh, man. (laughs) Don't you hate that word? Contentment. What am I going to be content with? Whatever. That's basically what Paul says. What are you going to be content with? Whatever. Because here's what I've learned in my life. And, And again, I'm being absolutely transparent. Because you may look up here like, oh, he's got this nailed down. (laughs) <laughs> I like chainsaws. <laughs> I like tools. I like, I like as much stuff as you like. Yes, I do. I like more stuff than you like. <laughs> if you knew how many hobbies I like to get into, I like a lot of stuff. And I start to justify it like this. Well, Lord, I could serve somebody if I had a new one of those. <laughs> Come on, you do that, don't you? I'm just being honest with you. I do that. Lord, if I had a new one of those, oh, the people I could help. Oh, my. It would be amazing. Contentment. Paul says contentment looks like this. Now, just in case you think I'm telling you to sell everything you have, that's not what I'm telling you. Because Paul says, I've had plenty. I've had an abundance, and I was fine with it. <laughs> I was real fine with it. He says, but I also know what it, what it looks like to have nothing. And I have the same attitude when I have nothing as when I have a lot of stuff. Oh, somebody say amen. I have the same attitude when I have nothing as when I have a lot. So what he's saying is, when I have nothing, what is my goal? Serving. When I have a lot, what is my focus? Serving. He says, I have the same attitude whether it's all, whether I have everything I ever desired, and I have the same attitude whether I'm wondering where I'm going to get my next meal. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. And he says, the reason I can do this is because Christ gives me strength. So it's inherent in the statement that he knows it's going to be a physical struggle to be this way. That it's not going to come naturally to his flesh because in his flesh, his pendulum's going to swing. He's going to say, I don't have enough. He's going to say, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I remember what it's like to have a lot more. But through Christ's strength, I can focus over here no matter what my situation is. I have learned the secret to be content in each and every situation. And so now my contentment leads me to serve. I don't need it. It's nice when I got it, but I don't need it. There's two different things there. It's nice when I've got it, but I don't need it. Serving is not a means to something else. It is the something else. It always requires sacrifice, and it always depends on contentment. It always does. And God will give us the strength to see each one of those things come to place in our lives. And I believe the call of God on our church is to do just that, serve. Serve. What do you guys get for it? We already got it. We're just serving. 
What are you trying to do? We've already got what we need. We're just serving. We're just serving. We're just serving. And I believe we are just at the beginning of seeing this radical form of serving others come to to take shape in our church. We are riding to Beauty for Ashes this coming Friday to deliver a playhouse that somebody skipped church to go by. I told the Wednesday night, uh, I told them on Wednesday night, um, there was a couple here that that weren't in church on a Sunday morning, and I know them pretty well. And, and I was like, oh man, I wonder where they are. I even asked my wife, when, uh, I think, I was like, man, I wonder where they went. And I got a text message. Uh, it was like three or four weeks ago, and I got a text message right after church. And they said, hey, Pastor Chris, we were at an auction. I was like, yes, you were. You weren't at church. We were at an auction for the backpack program, the Berkeley County backpack program. This that feeds like seven, 800 kids during the week. We were at an auction and we bought a playhouse. I'm like, oh, ain't that cute? Little playhouse. They bought a playhouse I can live in. They bought a huge playhouse. They said it cost $4,600. And I was like, what? Because we never done anything like this before. I said, no, you didn't. I wouldn't either. So the first thing that came to our mind was we're going to give it to Beauty for Ashes. And I was like struck all of a sudden. I was like, they skipped church to go be the church. So, so now don't do that every week. I mean, come on. No, no, what happened? So then I, then I contact Cindy Zello and I say, hey, listen, you're not going to believe this. So this is just what happened. I'm taking video. With I mean, it's awesome. I want one. I looked at that thing. I was like, I am nothing like that when I was a kid with a church every week. And so I called her. I said, man, you're not going to believe this. A couple from our church went, bought this unbelievable playhouse and the first thing they thought about it was giving it to you guys for beauty for ashes she said i'm blown away and then later on i talked to her about a week later she said chris we just took in our first lady who has school-aged kids the bus is actually to come to beauty for ashes and pick the kids up and take them to school and she said i got to tell her when she showed up hey we're getting a playhouse that's suitable for your kids in a couple of weeks it's going to be amazing and she said the woman just cried said i've always wanted something like that Come on. I just see that as the beginning of these radical acts of service throughout our community. These radical acts of service, because you know why? Because I got enough. What he's already done is enough. And I believe this church has a heart. I believe you have a purpose already. And I believe we're going to follow through with it. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Many of you in here have sacrificed for a building that we haven't moved one shovel of dirt for. We're hoping that's going to change here very shortly. You've already given. You've already served. So the key is not to let that, let that be the thing that spurs you on to the next thing. Let it be the thing that spurs you on to the next and the next and the next. And we live whole lives full of serving others. And then when the, when the trumpet blows and he says, listen, The last are going first. You will never be so happy to be last in your life. Man, I didn't promote myself. I didn't didn't push myself forward. I didn't step over people. I served the whole time because of what Christ has done for me. Amen. Come on, let's pray that way. Father, we thank you this morning. You have already done enough. You've already given us enough. 
You've delivered us. You've set us free. You've, you've given us eternal life. Lord, all you've called us to do is serve the next person. Serve them with great, gracious and thankful hearts. Serve them what you gave us. Serve them the gospel. Serve them your love. Serve them your grace and mercy. And I pray out of this group of people, Lord, that you'd raise up amazing opportunities that we haven't even dreamed of yet, Lord, that we can serve this community. God, we want to reach far and wide. And we know, just as Paul said, we can do all things because you strengthen us, Lord. So we pray that you give us focus. We pray that you give us contentment. We pray that we will take on the sacrifice, Lord. Do what you've called us to do, to serve. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give him honor and glory one more time.